Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Amen. You may be seated. Wow, how long to Christmas? It's coming really, really quickly. Uh, I know a lot of people out at the shops yesterday, I was trying to find a car park spot. Man, like, you just can't find them. The people are everywhere shopping. How many, how many have been uh, taking advantage of the Good Friday? You're not going to tell me anyway. But you have been. Somebody's going to the shops. It's got to be you. All right, last week, uh, Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor Jason brilliantly uh, opened up uh, a new series, and he began to talk about the fact that uh, there is something that, can, that is robbing us of our peace, that is robbing us of uh, uh, strong relationships, it can rob us of being in present in the present moment, it can rob us of our deep relationship with God, and uh, that is one word, and it's called hurry. Everybody say hurry. hurry. In fact, he said more important, and I agree with you totally, more important than, than, uh, than the political parties or even gender issues uh, to our spiritual life is this word hurry. It can actually erode our spiritual life. So that's the state of constantly running around and not having enough time and uh, is, is the problem. Now, last week he spoke eloquently about the problem. Today, I'm going to seek to talk about a little bit of the solution because it's more than just, and it's found in Christ. So are you ready? All right. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. I'm going to read from the message translation, and this is how it starts. Are you tired, worn out? Anybody here say, that's it, that's me, I'm worn out, you know, yes, pastor, especially this time of the year. And then he goes on, burnt out on religion. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Or another translation says, learn from me. The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, it's something about Christ, and we'll get to, to his example a little bit later on. He, if you look at his life, it's very clear that he lived an unhurried life. Uh, free from anxiety, frantic, uh, frantically running around here or there. He had a posture of composure, of calm, of purpose, and yet he fulfilled the will of God for his life. He was able to get to the end of his life or this earthly life. And he, and he said this in John chapter 17, verse 4, doing it in an un, unhurried way. He said, Father, read it with me. I have finished or completed, accomplished the work that you have given to me to do. And he did it in an unhurried way. Now, I'm going to say a lot of things today, but let me tell you this. I can say it all, and you can sort of mark me. This is an eight or a nine message or whatever. You know, I don't know how people think, oh, you know, Pastor John preached well. To be I don't care how I really preach. But the reality is, unless you take one or two of these principles and apply them to your life, you remain exactly the same. Do you know, if I can just take a little bit of a side here, this is my observation, that you can sit in church for 30 years and be absolutely unchanged. Because you're, you are, 
You are one who listens to the Word of God, but you don't apply the Word of God. That's what it says. You look in the mirror, it doesn't change you. So what actually changes us is when we grab a hold of one thing, we say, you know what, I'm going to apply that. And then you start to see change take place. How many want to be people who are continually changing? I've got three hands here. All right, I'm going. How many people want to be changed more like Christ? Am I preaching to the right crowd? Otherwise, what are you doing here? (laughs) Hurry. I'm going to go to the problem, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Hurry robs us of what is important. You know, when you're rushing around all the time, you start to skim. You start to skim on relationships. It's a bit like, I'm sorry, I've just got to go. I'm in a hurry. I'm just busy, busy, busy. I can't stay. You're skimming on relationships. You can skim on your relationship with God as well. You kind of go, yes, Lord, I, oh, the train's coming in 10 minutes. Lord, please give me a verse. Give me a promise. Give me something, but make a quick risk. I've got to go. You don't say it like that, but it's like uh, you don't give him the time that he deserves. We can skim in, our, in, in, in applying the word of God. You can read the word of God, but it takes time to ponder. It takes time, okay, how do, how do I apply this to my life? How do I apply it to my family? How do I apply this to my children? It takes time. Everybody say Time. Time. You can, you can skim on your evaluation of life. You know, it, it's a bit like you keep doing the same thing all the time, all the time, just spinning around faster and faster and faster, but you don't stop enough to ask the question, am I doing the right thing anyway? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever been lost while driving. Anybody gets lost? I, I get lost all the time. I, I can get lost in the car park. Let me tell, talk to my wife. If, it, if, if, you, if you say which direction is... Which direction do we need to go to? to it, it, I'll say this way. She says, okay, it's definitely got to be this way. It's just way. Now, if you get lost, what you need to do is you need to stop and then kind of go, where am I? And it takes time to evaluate our lives, to just slow down and go, is this where I need to be? Am I on the right track? What's happened? How did I get here? Slow down. It takes time. It never happens if you're in a hurry. And so it's that sense of meditating and stopping. Listen to what the Word of God says. Psalm 46, verse 10. Read it with me. Be still and know that I am God. That word be still can be translated stop. Calm down. Cease striving. Stop your frantic activity. Still your soul. Still your soul. And so today, we're going to talk about some general principles of how to deal with hurry, and then we're going to see how it all comes together in the life of Jesus. Okay, so you're ready? If you've got some notes, take it down, take your iPhone. I think it'll be helpful. Number one, we've already talked about stop and evaluate what you're doing. Stop, reflect, what are you doing? Are you in the right place? Secondly, get off the crazy treadmill. Or another word for that is simplify. I'm going to mention three words. It's really the key to this message. Simplify, prioritize, and slow down. Everybody say that with me. Simplify, prioritize, slow down. Say it again. Simplify, prioritize, slow down. One more time. Simplify, prioritize, and slow down. Get off the crazy treadmill. You know, I remember a number of years ago, I think I was chairing about seven boards. 
And I, I was the chairman of the board, and it, it, I don't know how it happened, but one, you know, can you please do that? Can you chair this board, and can you chair both inside and outside of the church? And it's all wonderful, you know, when you're young, hey, this is really great, you know, wonderful, look at me. You know? And I thought to myself, this is crazy. I mean, some of those boards met eight times a year, and you had to do all this reading, and, and I just made a decision. I said, you know what? I read a book called Essentialism, actually, and I said, that's it. That's it, that's it. I went to one boy and said, I'm not chairman anymore. I don't know, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. Somebody needs to do it, but it can't be me. And so I just basically backed out, backed out of it. And now today I'm chairing about two to three boards. You know what? I feel so much lighter. Yeah. I have so many nights I can be at home now because I simplified. Get off the crazy treadmill. Let me tell you, sometimes less is more. You do things better when you do less rather than running around trying to do everything. And you skim and you actually have no use to anybody else. Everybody say, get off the crazy treadmill. Number three, understand you can't do it all. You can't do it all. There's a lot of crazy hype out there that basically, basically says this. You can do it all. You can have it all. What a load of rubbish. You can't do it all. Only God can do it all. Right? You know, you have got limits, and I'll talk about that in a moment. You can't watch every film and listen to every podcast and go to every new restaurant and, and attend every conference and travel to every country and eat. You, you, you can't do it all. And so you've got to make decisions. You've got to be realistic. And number four is similar. Understand your limitations. Or as Clint Eastwood the great philosopher said, a man's got to know his limitations. You've got to know your limitations. The reality is, you know, you don't have limitless energy. You don't have a personality to handle every situation. You can't be in every place at the same time. Only God can do that. And you're in different seasons. Okay, if you're in a season where you're bringing up children, it's very hard. That's a full-time job. Okay, so you can't take on a whole lot of other things. You've got to know, understand your limitations, understand the way God has made you. And every time you say yes to one thing, you're actually saying no to another. Because if you don't, what happens is it starts to creep in more and more, and you're living unrealistic, and you're hurrying around trying to make everything because you haven't learned to say, no, i sorry, I can't do that. I can't help you. Is this making sense? I mean, this is just basic wisdom here. That's all. Number five, eliminate time wasters. And Pastor Jason did a great job with that, so I don't need to really talk about the smartphone, social media, gaming, all that sort of thing. Number six, make the best use of your time. And, 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 and I want to look at a scripture here, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, which is a real key, actually, to the to message today. I want us all to read this together. You ready? It's like a classroom here. You say, why does Pastor John get me to do things? Because I'm trying to engage your mind. Because you can be sitting there and thinking about lunch. Do you, I, I think it was last week that, that uh, Jason said, we have the attention span nine seconds. Do you know how many times you come in and out of my message? I'm finished. So I've got to bring you back. All right, anyway, that's just letting you know why I do what I do. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully how you walk or how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days 
are evil. The Apostle Paul is saying, look out how, you work, how, how you're living. Do an evaluation. Reflect on how your life is going. Because even though you are Christian, you can still be living unwisely. Now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. you know, it doesn't mean that he rejects you. But you will bear the consequences of unwise decisions. Right? If, you, if you live unwisely, you're going to bear the consequences. So in other words, he's saying here, Invest your life in things that really matter. He's saying, if you take it in the context, he's saying, invest your life in that which is going to make a difference eternally. All right? And so uh, Moses puts it this way. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, I don't have unlimited time. I don't have unlimited energy. So what am I going to do with my life? How do I want to be remembered? I want to make sure I make the right decisions now. Amen? Amen. Okay. Number seven, here's the one, make some changes. Listen to me. If you are rushing around, if you're always uptight, if you're barking at people, if you, if you just can't unwind, if you're, if you're forever in a rush, if, if your relationships are skimming, if you're upset, guess what? Something's out of whack. You shouldn't be like that. So you need to make some changes. It's insanity if we keep doing the same thing and we expect different results. You've got to make a change. And so... You know, we, but what actually can happen to us in this whole area? We think, okay, next week I'll, I'll do it better. Next week will be different, and, and next week I'll work faster. Next week I'll I'll change. I'll, I'll be smarter. You know, maybe next month. Maybe you're fooling yourself. You've been saying that for months. You've been saying that. For, you need to cut that. You need to make decisions about priority. It's unsustainable, and it's stealing your peace, and it creeps up on you. Now, let's have a look how it all comes together in the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Learn from me. Everyone say, learn from me. I said before, if you pick up anything about Jesus, is that he always lived in, in a way that was, he was composed, he was calm, he moved methodically and clearly. And those three words that we said are simplify, prioritize, slow down. You see it in his life. I mean, I don't know if, you, if you've read the Gospels. By the way, a good place to start if you want to read about the life of Jesus leading into Christmas is Mark. Read the Gospel of Mark. It's bang, 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 bang. It's, it's beautiful. And, but you don't read anywhere there where Jesus is losing it. You don't, you don't read where he is he's screaming at Martha. You drop the hummus. You know, he, he, you, you never read where, where he says, oh, look, I'm sorry, I can't pray for you. I've got to catch a plane. You know, uh, you know sorry, it's leaving. You don't read that. He's, he's very composed. He's, very, he, he's moving at a good pace. Nothing could hurry Jesus. You, think, you, you read that. And you remember the story of Lazarus. Lazarus is his good friend, and, and they tell him that his... He's unwell. And so they come to Jesus. You must come. You must come. Come, come, come. No, 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 no. You've got to come. You've got to pray for him because he's going to die. You've got to come. come, come. And Jesus just slows the whole thing down. And he moves at the Father's pace. And today we read of the greater miracle. 
Jesus raises him from the dead. You see, there's something about Jesus. Another illustration, the girl, the, the, the temple, rather the synagogue leader, the little girl is dying, his little girl, and he's so distraught that the medical profession can't do anything. And so he, he goes and then sends a servant to go ahead of him. Come, you must come, Jesus, you must come. Come, 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 now, 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 you're going to come. He's frantic. He's got to That's what you would do too. But Jesus said, I'm coming, I'm coming. While he's on the road. There's a woman, and she's had a chronic condition for 12 years. She reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. And, and what does he do? Say, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't got time. No, he, says, he stops. He ministers to her. He, he speaks to her. He explains what's actually happening. He talks to the crowd, and then he moves. Nothing could hurry this man. He's moving at a pace. You see, I want you to observe it. He, he had margin in his life. Jesus was constantly rearranging his schedule because he had a lot of margin for these interruptions. And you know all these interruptions where they ended up? In the Gospels. He's in, he's in Samaria. And the disciples are, are out getting food and, and he's sitting watching people as, they, as they're taking water out of the well. And this interruption, this woman comes there and and now we read about it in John chapter 4. Yeah. You know, those interruptions can actually be God's divine appointments. Yeah, yeah. But you, you and I will never experience it if we don't have any margin. Yeah. We've got to have some room in yeah. there. We've got to have some room, some wriggle room. So what's your diary like? Those of you who are type A personalities are, oh, I've got so many things to do. I think last week, again, Pastor Jason said, how are you, Busy. You know, there's so many things we try to cram, so many things into the day. But there's no margin in there. I learned this lesson a long time ago. And I learned it the very hard way. To have margin in your life. I came to this church when I was 28 years of age. By the time I was 31, I was conducting funerals. I was conducting weddings. and I was pretty busy. I was the associate pastor and did a whole bunch of other things, and as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of person who likes to get things done, and, and it was worse. I was worse in those days. Talked to my wife, worse. I remember this time, I, uh, this, this family asked me to conduct the funeral, and I said, of course, sure, I'll, I'll do that for you. And it, it, the funeral parlor was in Reservoir. So I lived in Bandura and Reservoir, and I, so I did this calculation in my head. I thought, okay, Reservoir at that time. Uh, I, knew, I thought I knew where it was, about 15 minutes, and so I thought, okay, oh, I can get this done, I can, you know, I can do this and this and this, and, and there was one more thing, I thought, oh, I think I could do it, I think I could squeeze it in, and I did, and so now I'm running a little bit late, now I'm a little bit uptight, and every red light, you know, it's like, you know, every slow poke on the face of the earth. I am getting uptight. And then I get to Reservoir, and I thought I knew where it was. <laughs> and I couldn't find it. And the, and the only place I've ever known where a road is split into two and divided by a park, I could not find 
the funeral parlor. Now, this is something about we know of ministers. You can at times be, if you have to be late for a wedding, but you are never, ever, ever, ever late for a funeral. Never. So I'm looking at the clock. It's the day before mobile phones. You can't ring anybody. There's no, no, nobody to ring. I am five minutes late. I'm freaking out. I'm crying out to God, God, you've got to help me. And God's going, you've got yourself into that trouble. <laughs> you idiot. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm literally, you know, because I'm feeling, this is, this is a big deal. I'm going around and around and around in circles. It's five minutes late. It's 10 minutes late. It's 12 minutes late. I'm pulling my hair out. I've got no idea how to get there. And it's like, no car park places, nothing. The funeral directors are getting worried now because they know that ministers are not late. So they ring up my wife. My wife takes the phone. Why? He's not there. She's thinking the worst. He's had a heart attack. <laughs> She's had a stroke. And she sends a minister to my home to check to see if I'm dead because she knows Pastor John's never late, not at a funeral, never. And it's like, then, then they say, can you send somebody else? Because obviously he's not coming. I am 15 minutes late now. I cannot find the place. And then finally I saw it at the corner of my eye. There it is. But no car park space. I parked the car in the middle of the street. I didn't care where I parked it. I got in my, I put my, I had my tie, I ran across the park with my Bible, with my, with my, my sermon book. I walked in. 20 minutes late. I can feel all of the eyes. Judgment. Idiot. All this. I walked in. I didn't look at anybody. I got behind the lectern. I lifted up my eyes and I said, let us pray. <laughs> and that prayer was for me. Let me tell you. I said, God, you've got to give me peace. Whose fault was that? My fault. And I just want to say, I dishonored that woman because I didn't leave enough room. I didn't leave margin. It's the most embarrassing moment of my ministry. And I just want to say to Mrs. Elaine Trenfield, if you are listening from heaven... I'm sorry, I stuffed up. The point is, simplify, prioritize, slow down, slow down. I learned a huge, huge lesson. If things can go wrong, they will. You have to allow time. Now, let's have a look at the life of Jesus for a moment as we bring this just to an eventual closure. Number one. Jesus would often get away from the demands of the crowd. Do you remember how many times he said to his disciples, look, come apart. We need to, people are, 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 are clamoring, come apart, come with me, and I will give you some rest here. Let's find a place away from the crowd. Number two, he would regularly balance his work with days and times of rest. 
I don't know if you remember the story when, when the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee. And, and he, where is he? He's in the boat. He's sleeping. He's resting. He understood the importance of rest. Number three, and something else I noticed about him. Every chance he got, he would enjoy a nice, long meal with friends. You haven't observed that, have you? Every chance he got, he would be in somebody's home. Mary, Martha, is in their home. Zacchaeus is in their home. He is always enjoying time with people so that he would have time to spend with people for relationships. And can I just say something about COVID now? One of the, one of the unfortunate things, and, and I understand why it took place, is that we had to seal off our homes and because of, because of you know, health reasons. But make no mistake, there's nothing like the home to bring warmth and fellowship and closeness. Jesus used that. He, he, he actually emphasized relationships in his life. He also would practice the, the Sabbath on a weekly basis. On a Saturday, because that's the Jewish uh, Sabbath. For us, it's the Lord's Day. Why? Because Jesus came back to life on a Sunday, right? So we have one day. He would be in the synagogue, and he was there to worship the Father. He was also there. He rested from work. He had a time where he said, this day, I'm going to cut out all work. This day, I'm going to recuperate. That's, that's another subject in of its own. Another thing I observe about Jesus is that he practiced simplicity. Everybody say simplicity. If you have a look at his wardrobe, when he died, I don't know how many... How, what, what wardrobe he had, but he only had a few, I would say. And it was good. In fact, it was so good that this, this hand-sewn, what would you call it? Tunic is the word, tunic. Thank you very much, Mabel. This hand-sewn tunic, it was so good that they were bargaining for it. So he didn't have much, but it was good. We've got to learn something here. All right, from him. You don't read any stories of him running around, you know, in the shopping malls and grabbing hold of this bargain, this bargain, this bargain. Uh, you know, online he's, got, he's already got 15 sandals. Let's try another one because, you know, I'm going to the latest or the newest synagogue. You'd never read anything about that. He lives simply. That's, that's telling us something, you know. I know I'm messing with you, but I'm not. He was free from the addiction of stuff. I was walking my dog today, Benji. I went past this garage. I've never seen the, the car inside of the garage. This time I saw the garage, and I can, I can tell you why it's not in the garage, because it's packed with stuff. You can barely, you know, it's like drive it in. It's just stuff. All over. He was free from all of that accumulation of stuff. He lived freely. In fact, he says, come follow me. And live freely and lightly. Yes. Have you ever thought to yourself, what would Jesus do if he had an iPhone or, or a smartphone? Well, I don't know, because he didn't have one, but I would imagine that he would take control of it, that he would, he, he was not against, I wouldn't imagine he'd be against technology for core, because all wisdom comes from God, but he would regulate it. He, would, he, he wouldn't allow it to control him. He wouldn't allow it to waste hours. You see, he, he lived simply and with composure and with margin, simplify. Say it again, simplify. Prioritize. Slow down. 
Simplify, prioritize, slow down. They were his keys. I want to draw a bit of an analogy if I can have somebody to help me. And you may have seen this before, but it's, it's important. Thank you. I went down to the local creek and gathered a few things. When I'm finished, I'll put them back. What I have here is a big jar for you to see, and I hope that these guys can, those at home as well. This jar represents your life. It's a certain size because it has limits. You're not limitless, right? There's only a certain amount that you can fit in there, okay? And there's a lot of things that will scream for your attention. Fit me in, fit me in, fit me in. But the wise person fits the big stuff in, the most important rocks in there. So I want to talk about the big rocks and what you need. What would be some of the rocks you think that need to be put in there that you say, well, if anything, I've got to do this right. Now just think about it in your own mind and otherwise we'll be having a little bit of a lecture sort of, you know, I don't want that. But I would say that if you are a believer in Christ, one of the big rocks is your relationship with God. Can I have an amen here? Okay, in the right place. Okay. And I don't mean just, you know, you're worshiping God or just a little bit of prayer in the morning, which you should do, reading the Bible, but you're living life in dependence on God on a continual basis. This is it true, right? You know, you're thinking about him and you say, Lord, I need your help. So that's a big rock. It's not this rock. It's this rock. Because he's the center of your life. Amen? Okay. All right. Well, what's another one maybe that would be helpful? Uh, so that's looking after your spirit. Another rock, you may say, is looking after your body. Yeah? Okay. If you don't look after this body, it's going to fall apart on you. So you put that in there. And what does that mean? That you get enough sleep. So you're, you're getting, they say you need seven hours sleep, eight hours sleep, whatever. But whatever that is, that you have a pattern where you rest. Because if you don't rest, you're going to go crazy. And the reality is sometimes, like you might stay up a little bit later, but you have a regular pattern. This is when I'm going to get, go to bed. This is when I get up. That's, it, it brings life to you. Another part of looking after your body is exercise. And some kind of exercise, whether you walk or whether you're your gym or, 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 or some sort of sport, depending on how old you are. Have you ever wondered why Jesus didn't really? It doesn't talk about exercise. You know why? Because he walked everywhere. He walked, he walked kilometers. I, I, I think I was talking, you know, to, I was just talking to different people, and they just make walking parts. And Daniel went to, I think he went somewhere on a holiday. He told me he was walking 100, he walked 100 and something. How many kilometers you walk? 130 kilometers. But the point is that you, you've got to look after your body. Everybody say, look after your body. What else could be in there? Well, you know, there's some things you have to do. There's a big rock here. You've got to earn a living. You know, you've got eight, eight hours. And, but then you've got to drive there and back. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? If you don't, if you don't. Another one is if you've got a family, you've got to give time to family. It's a big rock. It's got to go in. It's a priority. Beyond the other thing, it's a priority. So if you're married, you know, you've got to give time to that relationship. If, if you've got parents, you've got to help the parents. If you've got children, time with children, grandparents, grandpa, whatever it is, you've got to give time. The reality is if, you, if your wife comes to you, and I'll talk to the guys for a moment, and says, look, you know, we just seem to be like ships in the night. Can we just spend a few moments and, you know, maybe a few minutes, 30 minutes somewhere talking? And you say, oh, no, no. I'm too busy. And you're watching 30 hours a week TV. 
or on the internet or gaming, how many know? She could say, well, obviously, you haven't got time for a spouse. True. I know it's gone really quiet. You've got to give time. Whatever you neglect will die on you. That's the reality. Okay, what's another rock? Maybe uh, another rock could be uh, the rock of, oh, it's a bit of a smaller one here. Uh, maybe household responsibilities. You could choose whatever you want. Oh, here's a household responsibility. Somebody's got to, somebody's got to take out the garbage. Somebody's got to look after the, the grass. And all that. It's part of life. What about another one? The rock of the Sabbath. One day, will you say, you know, I cease work. I want to come to the house of God to worship Him. As much as we're really happy that you're here today, you are fulfilling the Sabbath in many ways. It's instruction of God's Word. That you come to the house of God and you give Him the worship that He deserves. We praise Him. But it's not just coming to the house of God. It's not that you've got to be there all day. But it's all about resting. It's all about being with family. It's all about being with people that you love. It's all about recuperating, getting strength back into you. Whatever, whatever it is for you. Maybe some of you, a bit of gardening, whatever it is. Just let life come back into you. What about, what's another rock? Well, there could be a lot of things, but maybe one of them is learning. The rock of learning. Are you a learner? Are you continually seeking to learn and to read? And, to, and it, it, some people learn by reading. Some people learn by watching. Whatever, put it in there. Whatever it may be. And then, what about the rock of using your spiritual gift that God has given to you? So you're not just living for yourself, you're using what God, and you help other people. Put that in there. You see, when the big rocks are there, I want you to notice something. That there are gaps in between. And what that is, is margin. So you leave room, you can't squash everything down, but you leave room because things always take longer than what they should. And then, if you want, you can throw in a bit of TV, throw in a bit of internet, throw in a bit of shopping, throw in whatever, but you don't put these, you don't make that that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because otherwise your life will be out of balance. You put the big rocks in there first. You prioritize. Simplify prioritize slow down slow down leave margin I've said a lot of things here today but this message is useless unless you take something one thing you say you know what I'm going to immediately I mean, immediately apply it to my life. Which one are you going to apply? Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we thank you that uh, you've given us life. Every day is a gift that you've given to us. And Lord, we want to live life wisely, not unwisely. So that when we get to the end of it, we can say, you know, I've lived my best life because I've made the right decisions. And Lord, we pray that you will give us wisdom. Lord, I pray that as people make decisions, that there will be a shift, that will put things in the right place, 
that will make an evaluation, say, I don't want to keep doing this. I want to make sure that what matters is really not more time, but what matters is where it needs to be. So, Lord, we pray. We really pray that you will guide us in this area. Guide us, Lord. Make the best use of your time. With every eye closed. You know, one thing about the life of Jesus is that he simplified, he prioritized, and he slowed down for one reason, and that is to be with people. People were absolutely the important thing in his life. And he would walk over to them and he'd listen to them and he would, he would listen to their needs and he would minister to them, he would pray with them, he would minister to them. And God is walking toward you today because he loves you, he knows what you're going through, he knows what's happening. And I don't know where you are in your relationship with God today. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Or maybe you've lost your way. But I'll tell you this, that God is walking toward you. He loves you and He's drawing you to Himself. When Jesus is lifted up, He will draw all men all people to himself. And if you sense that drawing today, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. He's drawing you back to his community. He's drawing you back to a relationship with him. Pray this prayer. In fact, let's all pray this prayer together. Lord, this day, I come to you. I thank you for your love. I sense your drawing. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. Come and live in me. Make your home in me. I give my life to you. I receive everything that you did on the cross for me, Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm coming home. Lord, I pray as decisions are made today that you would seal them with the Holy Spirit. If you prayed that prayer from the heart, we just want to celebrate with you, whether you're at home or whether you're here today. And just that's all we want to do. We want to celebrate with you. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand. You said you prayed that prayer and you prayed that from the heart. I just want you to lift up that hand. And you just made a decision to come back to God. or just You're just saying, Lord, yeah, thank you. You're just saying, Lord, here I am. I realize I'm not where I was, need to be, but I want you. You prayed that. You meant it from the heart. Congratulations. Fantastic. Why don't we put our hands together? That's great. So good. So good. So good. Can we all stand? Lift up your hands. Lord God, we, we give our lives to you. We know, Lord God, that this is, this is time is your gift to us. And yet how we use that time is our gift to you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would give us wisdom. Here we are. Lord God, we say, Lord God, we don't want to live a, 
hurried life, but we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we want to be in the place that you want us to be. We want to make the right decisions. We want to evaluate our life properly. Lord God, we want our life to count. So Lord God, we pray, use us. Lord God, may, may your will be done. Your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our life. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, we praise you. We honor you, Lord. We honor you. We honor you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.